Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't we go right to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, that we're able to gather here like this today to study your word, O Lord God, and to be guided and prompted by your Holy Spirit, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, I pray that Holy Spirit will minister to every single listener that is out there today. Speak to their hearts, O Lord God. Let them know, Heavenly Father, that you are Lord God, Jehovah, and that nothing is too hard for you to do. Nothing is impossible to you, O Lord God. Speak to them, I pray, in your own special way. We praise you, Heavenly Father. We magnify thy most glorious name. And I give this time and this space entirely over to you. Take it where you will for your honor and your glory and your praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Praise God. Praise God again. Welcome to Genesis 1. I'm glad you could join us here. And right at the onset, if you don't have your Bible, why don't you go put, hit pause and go get your Bible, get a pencil, piece of paper, a marker or whatever, and take some notes as Holy Spirit so guides. It's always important for us to be able to be able to return to these scriptures at a later point in our lives when Holy Spirit um, prompts us to do so. Uh, things come up in our lives. We have trials and tribulations and all sorts of challenges. And, and when we study the Word of God and things that you've studied in the past will come back many, many times to help you in a current situation or a present-day situation. Amen? Amen. Praise God. I want to ask you today, uh, who wants to hear from God? Amen. Who wants to hear from God? And then my next question is, what will you do when you do hear from God, okay? Well, the first point is that you have to want to hear from God. You really have to want to. This can't be a passing desire or some little little challenge that someone would give you. You have to really want to hear from God. But you're not going to hear from God unless you really, 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 really want to. And I'm not saying that it's an option. We as children of God, as Christians, we should always want to hear from God. Okay, And I'm not saying that it's a nice thing to hear from God. I'm saying that as a child of God, it's a necessity. Um, and, you know, when, when, you, when you're growing up in your formative years and everything, it's really important for you to hear from your parents, okay, to hear from your mother and your father so that they can guide you and give you direction as you grow in life, okay? Well, as we grow in physical life as well as our spiritual lives, especially our spiritual lives, it's very important that we hear from God and we should all want to hear from God. God will not tell you about his plans for your life if he knows that you will not want to hear from him. If he knows that you're going to debate everything that he tells you, then he's, you're most likely not going to hear from him concerning the plans. We can't get down to the point that we're, we're secretly thinking in our minds, well, if God tells me to do this, then I'm going to come back with such and such a response and, and I'm going to question him and ask, well, Lord, why do you want me to do that, etc." If he knows that you're going to debate him, Chances are that he will not wind up speaking to you. He will not reach out to you. God does not tell you what he put you on earth to do just so that you can say, well, Lord, let me think about it. Okay. God's not going to lay out his plans for you and say, this is, the, this is your role. These are the goals that I have in mind for you. If he knows that you're going to say, well, Lord, let me think about what this is that you're telling me. Okay, no, no way. Okay, we have to be at a point that we really, really want to hear from God and that we're willing to accept and, and to, to do what it is that he's telling us to do. You have to say, I've got to know what you want me to do, Lord. What do you want me to do with my life? Where is my life heading? Okay, this is what's going on around me right now. I thought I was heading in this direction, but now it seems like I'm going in this other direction. Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Lord, I've got to hear your voice. Lord, I need to hear your voice. I've got to, to have and I've got to understand your vision for my life, okay? Because right now, Heavenly Father, where I stand right now, it's not clear what my vision is. 
You know, and many of us can be in that in that uh, or predicament in that situation. You know, as things in our lives change and as things evolve, you can be on a job where you think, "Boy, this is the place that I want to be." And man, oh man, it's a great job. I love my job. And then all of a sudden, something may happen, and you're no longer at that particular job. Then you start questioning, "Well, where is it that I should be? What is it that I'm supposed to do with my life?" And so you cry out to Lord, to the Lord, Lord, I need to have your vision. Okay, and we should always be asking that from time to time. Okay, especially when things in your life change, you know, with the economy the way it is, and there are so many uncertainties in life today, with with crime the way it is, with things going on around us, you know, with you don't know who to believe, you don't know who to trust, you know, in terms of of the future, in terms of your future, you can always trust God with your future. That's a given, but we need to ask God sometimes, Lord, what is the vision? What is your vision for my life? Okay. And with that, why don't we go to Deuteronomy 29.29. Deuteronomy 29.29. He says here, The secret things belong unto the Lord. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Okay, the secret things belong to God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us. So that means then the secret things belong to God. Yes, but there are some of those secrets that are going to be revealed to you. Okay, so God has these secrets. Yes, indeed. And, you know, all of our time in in, in heaven and going into eternity, you know, I always wonder, well, Jesus, what are we going to do and so forth like that? And boy, one of the things that I want to do is, man, I want to sit down and I just want to I don't want to sound disrespectful. I just want to probe the mind of God. I just want him. I want to learn as much as possible as I can from now. Obviously, we can never come to the point that we know all that God knows. But God is telling us through his word, though, that, yes, while he knows everything and he has these secrets, there are some things that he wants to reveal to us. Okay, he he has things that he wants to reveal to us. And obviously, those things that he wants to reveal to us have to do with us. Okay, so if God has all of the secrets for your life, he has your future, he knows where you are going and God wants to reveal it to you. Then why don't we avail ourselves of that and, and go to God and say, Lord, I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. I want to hear from you. Okay, with while we go to Jeremiah 33, 1. Praise the living God. Jeremiah 33, verse number one. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time, while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. The Lord is his name. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Please underline verse number three. Call unto me, call unto me, and I will answer, and I will answer. And what will he do? I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Okay? So that again now, God is saying that he has some things to show us, things that we do not know. So he's saying to to us to call upon him and that he's going to answer. Okay? Now, if you believe the book that you're reading here in front of you called the Holy Bible, if you believe that those are God's words, this is what he is saying to mankind. This is what he is saying to believers. This is what he is saying to those who, who are trusting and believing in Christ Jesus. Okay, if you believe that God is exactly who he says he is and you believe that these are his words, then he's saying to you today to call unto me and I will answer thee and show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. 
Okay. So there are things in our lives, there are things in our futures that we don't even know. You know, we can't even imagine what's going on. Okay. You may have some kind of, sometimes you have an inkling, you know, maybe you have an unction about what you, you, you believe that you're good at, you know, and, and where you're in, in going and, and what you want to do with your life and so on. But God knows the real deal. God knows exactly where you, where he wants your life to go. And he just simply is saying to you today to call on it. Okay. And if you call now, 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 he is not, you know, a friend, an acquaintance or someone you work with or something like that. That says, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Give, give me a call, you know, and, and I'll, I'll pick up the phone and I'll answer, you know, because of the fact that we're human beings, somebody may call us and we may not answer. But if you call on God, he will answer. He will indeed. He will always answer. Okay. Now, he may not answer in your time frame. Okay. We think that God has to answer us, you know, like, you know, like you call somebody on their cell phone and God's got to pick up before three rings. No, no, no. God is God, okay? And God has his reasons sometimes for maybe delaying an answer, but he will indeed answer. He will answer, okay? Now, of course, and it was a, which is a sermon to itself, sometimes God will not answer and he has a reason for answering. But what he's basically saying is that if you call on him, that he will answer, answer because he has great and mighty things, which you know it's not, okay? Now, we again, we don't know the future, okay? But God knows. God knows, okay? You don't know why maybe your life has taken a change, Okay, but God does know why it's taking a change. And more importantly, is that God knows where he wants you to go with that particular change. Okay, he knows, but we have to call upon him and then we have to want to hear what it is that he has to say to us. Okay, we can't get ahead of him and say, well, I'm going to call on God and depending on what he says, well, maybe I'll do this or maybe I'll do that. No, you can't do that. Okay, you got to go before the Lord and say, Lord, I need to talk to you. Yes, Lord, I want to hear from you. And whatever you do, Lord, you say jump, and I simply will say how high, okay? I will do whatever it is that you're calling me to do, okay? It's the deep spiritual things that are going on in our lives, okay, that can either, either um, enhance our ability to realize or to achieve a particular goal, or it can hinder, or it can hinder, okay? God is the spiritual realm, if you will, <laughs> Okay, this is God's kingdom. I mean, this is where he, I mean, he's in charge of the physical realm as well as the spiritual realm, of course, but God's kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. Okay, and the success of your life is based on how successful you are in tapping into God and tapping into God's kingdom. Okay, right. And we can't sit around, you know, thinking that, oh, I can figure it out or my friend can figure it out. My Aunt Tilly can tell me, my wife can tell me, my husband can tell me. We've got to rely on God and God alone and God alone. Okay. If we go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 9. Okay. We see where it says in verse number nine, but as it is written, I has not seen, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Okay, all right, let's read that again. But as it is written, I has not seen, no one has seen, nor has anyone heard, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him, okay? So if you love God, I mean, we can only begin to just imagine, you know, the things that he has for us. 10, but God, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. 
please underline, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. Okay. For the spirit searches all things. Yea, the deep things of God. Okay. The deep things of God are spiritual realities. Okay. Things that are, are, are conveyed to us or revealed to us by his Holy Spirit. Okay. This is where the deeper things of our lives that really, really matter come from. Okay. And the only way that we can understand and realize and benefit from what the Holy Spirit has to show us. Okay. Is by seeking God and being open to God, really, really, really guiding us and wanting to hear from him. You know, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. You've probably heard me say that before. Okay. He is not one that's going to bash you over the head to get your attention. The Holy Spirit many times will speak softly. You'll speak softly in that in, in, in the, the pit of your gut, so to speak, in, in your belly. Deep down from within, you will hear that voice that's guiding you and telling you what you need to do or what you shouldn't do for that matter. OK, but the only way that you can hear that is by you genuinely desiring to hear from God. OK, so the things that will be revealed to, to us about our lives or about about our lives and those people that are important to us around us, our jobs, our livelihoods, everything and anything that has to do with your life, family issues, you know, uh, uh, illness, whatever it might be, those deeper things are revealed to us by his spirit. Okay. And, and, and the spirit, as it says, the spirit for the spirit teaches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Okay. Okay. And that's where we want to be. We want to get to the point that we're not dealing with just the surface things of God. A couple of sermons ago, you know, when, when I talked about, about, about growing, you know, spiritual growth and, and getting away from just eating, you know, milk and pablum like a babe, you know. We want to grow from being a spiritual babe. We want to go to being a spiritual adult, so to speak. We want to be more mature in the spirit so that we can chew on the media things, the deeper things of God. Okay. God is not going to reveal the deeper things to us unless we are really ready for it. Okay, I always say, you know, would you give, you know, the, the keys to your, your wonderful, your lovely car, your brand new car, would you give the keys to that car to a nine-year-old that was inexperienced and didn't have the faintest idea about driving, didn't have the wisdom or the patience about driving, didn't have the insights about driving? Okay, and you know, you, and you know, for, you know for yourself, I mean, I mean even with, with driving, you know, you give the, the keys to an 18-year-old, you know, the way I've seen some 18-year-olds driving and, you, you know, taking chances and beating lights, you know, and speeding and things like that because they're, they're, they're immature and they're not realizing the dangers of not properly operating a car, a motor vehicle, okay? So even there, there's some maturity that comes along with, with driving, okay? As you grow older while you're driving, you know, in driving, I know I've certainly become more cautious in driving. Uh, in my later years, as I did when I was, then I did, you know, when I was a youngster, I mean, I was kind of, you know, kind of a speedster too back then. But then after a while, you get, you get some wisdom and you get some, some sense about, first of all, you're not breaking the law, but you get a little, you get more sense about safety and doing the right thing and others around you and being more defensive about your driving. So I'm saying then, I don't want to, you know, belabor the point, but, 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 but as you grow, even with driving, I mean, and, and, and giving keys to a nine-year-old, you wouldn't do that. So God is not going to, to give us the meteor, the deeper things of him until we are ready to manage that. Okay. Until we are managed, ready to manage it. But it starts with us desiring, you know, you know, when you learn to drive, you desire to want to learn to drive. Okay. And either in your dad, in my case, my dad taught me and I taught all of my children how to drive. Okay. Thank God. I didn't have to go to a, a motor school and everything, but my dad taught me and I taught my kids. And, and that was at a point that they were mature enough when I felt they were ready to actually start driving. But each one of them indicated to me the desire to drive. Okay. So it's got to be the same thing with our lives and God. Lord, I want to hear from you. I want to be guided by you, Lord God. 
I know, Heavenly Father, that you want me to be successful and I want to be successful. Okay, I want to be successful, but I want to be successful in you, Heavenly Father. I know that I can't be successful without you. So, Lord, I want to hear from you. Okay, Okay. what's your vision for my life? Okay. Back to the scriptures here, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit teaches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man, now listen to this, and listen to this in verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Okay, so now let's unpack that, okay? For, for what man knows the things of a man, except the spirit of man which is in him? Okay, so in other words, the deeper things about you, the deeper things, the deepest, deepest, most, I won't say darkest meaning bad, but, 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 but the deepest, darkest things of you, the things that go in in your thoughts, and I'm not saying evil or bad thoughts when I say dark, but, but the, the thoughts, your deepest thoughts that are in your mind, not even your wife knows, okay? The deepest feelings that you have within you, not even your mom or dad or your wife or your husband or your children know. No one knows that but you. No one knows that but you. For what man knoweth the things of man save or accept the spirit of man which is in him? Okay, so you may know people well. You may know your co-workers well. You may know your wife or husband well. You may know your children well. But deep down inside, there's always something, something that is there. You don't know every single thought that passes through a person's mind. You don't know every single little fear, every single little little, little, little concern. I mean, you don't know, you know, someone, someone once said, oh, you don't know the deep waters that are within the lives of people. Okay. Okay, 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 so, so, so what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? But by the same token, even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God, okay? So you don't know the deep things of God. Only Holy Spirit knows the things of God because Holy Spirit is God, okay? okay Holy Spirit is God, okay? So we as human beings, we can never even begin to imagine knowing the deeper things of God, okay? Because only God knows the deeper things of God. But then again, the other scripture said that God is willing to reveal some of those things to us. All right. So, again, we as Christians, we as children of God, we have to get to the point that we want to hear from God. And he wants to give it to us. We just read the scriptures. He wants to give us information. He wants to reveal things to us. And if that is done, that revelation is done through Holy Spirit. OK, so he goes on to say in verse number 12. Now we have received. Now we have received. Um, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Oh my gosh, this is some powerful scriptures. Do you understand what this is saying here? We have received, we haven't been given the spirit of the world. In other words, the worldly spirit. Okay, you know, you know, the, the worldly spirit are, are those carnal things, those fleshly things that people that are not in the Lord are, are pursue after. Okay, okay. All of the greed, the lust, you know, and other things like that, that the world, and we call it the world, meaning people, people that are non-Christian, that are, 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 are non, uh, that they're not into God, they, don't, they haven't accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, they're unbelievers or non-believers, you know. Uh, um, this is, this is colloquially called the spirit of the world, okay? And, and, and that's how the world operates, by that particular spirit, okay? Money, greed, lust, I mean, anything like that, okay, which the, which the word of God speaks so much against. That's the spirit of the world. I mean, we have not received that spirit of the world, but we have received the spirit which is of God. That's, that's Holy Spirit, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, okay? So we don't have the worldly spirit. We have the Holy Spirit of God. 
Why? That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Freely given. Okay? All right. Remember Peter was talking to the, uh, um, to the beggar who was, who was sitting by the gate begging alms. And he said, silver and gold, I have none. But that which I do have, I give freely unto you. Okay? And he told him to rise and walk and be healed. Okay? So, well, God has things, things to give to us freely. At no cost, all we have to do is to ask for it, and all we have to do is deep within our spirits want it, okay? Okay? You have to deeply want it, desire it, okay? Right? Many of the things that, that, that cause a person to come to the Lord, to ask Jesus Christ to become Lord and Savior, is when they get their back against the wall. When they get to the point in their life that they finally realize that, Lord, I can't do it myself. I can't do it myself. Lord, I need you. Come into my life. Take control. Lord Jesus, I know that you are the son of the living God. I believe that with all of my being. Lord Jesus, come into my life and just take control and guide me. Take me where you will. When you get to that point in life, you want to hear from God. And I can speak with all experience there because that happened to me also. Myself and countless other believers that are out there over the, 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 the millennia that finally believed in Jesus Christ. They got to a point. Some, some came without, without too much heart-wrenching, without too much uh, um, going on into their lives before they finally had the realization, I need Jesus. But I'll be the first to admit that I was one of those that with my science background and my science-minded and always trying to rationalize, you know, how could there be a God and how could Jesus, how could that? And I can give you nine million arguments, you know, you know, and things like that. But when it finally, when the deep spiritual reality of God finally hit me and I finally understood that this was more real than anything that I had thought about it, discussed in debate and philosophical discussions that I was, 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 would love to get into and everything. Okay, when I realized the deep spiritual reality of God, Holy Spirit, and Lord Jesus, what he did at the cross and the deep spiritual meaning behind all of that, all of my science training, all of my science background went out of the window. And I simply got to the point, gee whiz, Lord Jesus, my, my life was at a point where I said, Lord, I need your help. Simple as that. I want to get into a whole lot of details. I don't want to consume your time with that. But I was at the point where I said, Lord, come into my life because I can't do this. I wanted to hear from God. I wanted to hear from God. And guess what? God answered. Oh, boy, did he ever. Did he answer? He answered. Okay. And he opened my eyes so that I could clearly see and opened my ears so that I could clearly hear and open my heart so that I could clearly and fully understand. That was the important thing. I came to understand that there was a new reality. There was a reality out there that was passing me by that I was too intellectual to believe could even exist. But when I got to the point that I wanted to hear from God and I was willing to do what God wanted me to do, it was a life-changing event for me. Life-changing, okay? And I encourage anyone out there today, and I don't want to get too far off the subject here, but, 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 but uh, it's not too far because it is de- definitely related. If you're out there today and you're struggling with something, you know, your answer is, child, your answer is for you to, to get to the point that you want to know the Lord, that you want Jesus Christ in your life, that you want some answers, you want to just relinquish and give every single trial and tribulation, every single weight that you're carrying to give it to God and ask Jesus to come into your life. You've got to want to hear from God. Okay. And like me and countless other Christians that are out there, when they got to that point that they wanted to hear from God, 
the scales, the blindness were lifted from their eyes, and then they could see. The stuffing that was in their ears was taken out and unplugged, and they could hear. The clamp that was on their heart that was preventing them from, from truly, truly understanding was released. And they started walking a new life. Started walking a new life. Okay? Okay? But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop, stop just at you asking Jesus to come into your life. It, it, it continues. It continues as you go on this thing called a Christian walk. It doesn't just stop with you accepting Jesus Christ, wanting to hear from God. You've got to get to the point that you want to hear from God every single moment, every single day of your life. Because guess what? Asking Jesus into your life is just the beginning. It's the beginning of a new life for you. Okay. And, and, and as such, with that new beginning, asking Jesus into your life, with that new beginning, okay, the attack against you, against you does indeed get stepped up because now the enemy knows that you are a threat. Before you knew Jesus Christ, before you asked Jesus to come into your life, you weren't a threat to the devil. You were going on about your life. You were, you were, you were sinning. You were, you were, you had lust. You had greed, whatever thing. You know, you were striving to become the, the highest thing in your particular job, your organization, absent God. Okay. You were, you were striving to achieve, achieve, achieve without God. So you, you were no threat to the devil. But the minute the devil saw you become aware of God, the minute the devil saw you giving in to the call of Holy Spirit, who was after you for many, many years, the minute the devil heard your confession out of your mouth, Lord Jesus, come into my life, that's when, that's when, that's when you became a threat to the devil. And with that, every single challenge in life that comes along, that could come along, you know, will indeed and does indeed come along. Okay, the devil doesn't stop. That's why we need to make sure that we are constantly at a point in our lives that we want to hear from God. He has things to tell us. He has guidance to give us. He has a vision and direction for you. All right? But you've got to want it. Deeply and sincerely want it. Okay? All right? And the scripture, the, the scripture um, continues here. Uh, verse number 12, I'll just recap there. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Okay, all right, okay. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches. Okay. Man's wisdom and God's deep spiritual knowledge and wisdom are far removed from each other. Okay. They're not even closely related. Not at all. Okay. So things that we speak, not in the words of man's, what man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Okay. Are we getting into some deep stuff here? Okay. When you get to the point that you realize, you know, that you are, 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 are at a point that what you're taking in and what you, you are speaking is not based on man's level of knowledge or wisdom. When you start hearing from God, the, 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 what Holy Spirit starts teaching you is really comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. You have to get to the point that you realize and understand that the spiritual world is the most important part of existence. Pure and simple, which is something that I didn't get when I was on my intellectual scientific quest. The spiritual things are the deepest part of existence. 
everything, according to the Bible, everything that was created came from the Spirit. Okay? When God created, he didn't use something else and repurpose it or reuse it. When we build a house, when we create a house, so to speak, we use materials that already exist. The lumber from the lumberyard comes from trees. You know, the concrete and things comes from a mix of, of soil and aggregate and other things like that. OK, and every product that goes into building a house, nails, the steel, the metal and so on, it comes from a product that already exists. What God created came from nothing, came from nothing that was physical. It was pure spiritual in existence. So the spiritual realm is what is really, really important to us and should be important to you as a child of God. And the more you realize this, you start to realize and understand, well, gee whiz, the answer to my problem is not something or anything that can be affected by or relieved by or, 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 or um, changed by anything that's in this world. Another man, another human being. Another process that man's developed. The solution to my problem or the change that I need is, is, is a spiritual solution because the spiritual guides the physical realm. Another revelation that you really need to grasp if you really want to understand the deeper things of God. The spiritual realm, God in the spirit realm, drives and guides the physical existence. So therefore, the solution to your problem the solution to my problem was one that I finally realized was not anything that another man could affect or another organization or, 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 or a relative, mother, father, my boss or whatever. It was something that only God could handle. Comparing spiritual things to spiritual. Okay. So when you realize that, then you want to hear from God because you realize that, Lord, the only way that I'm going to achieve what I'm hoping for, what I'm praying for is by hearing from you. Because the spirit realm, you are the master, so to speak, of the spirit realm. You are God. And only this is where my solution can come from. This is where my hope comes from. Because I know, Lord, there is none other like you. All right. Okay. You've got to want to hear from God. Verse number 14 says, but the natural man well, let me go back to 13 and then go into 14. So it comes into, into play, into context. 13 again, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. Okay? The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Please underline all of verse 14. The natural man, the natural man, which means um, uh, 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 you, I, you know, without the spirit of God. How we are in our natural minds, how we think if we don't bring God into the picture. This is what, what, what the natural man here is, is, is talking about. The natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Okay, okay. Someone that doesn't know God, even listening to this conversation, even listening to this to this message here, someone that simply does not know God and is not open to the fact of hearing from God or learning anything, everything that I'm saying is clear foolishness. Okay? At one time, I thought the existence of the spiritual realm driving everything in the natural, in the physical realm, was sheer, was sheer foolishness. I wanted to see some hard facts. Show me how that could be. 
Okay, so therefore, anything that a, a Christian, and I was supposed to be a Christian back then. Okay. Oh, yeah, I was raised in, in, a, in a Baptist household and things like that. Okay. But I got beyond all of that, you know, in, in college and things like that, and started talking about discussion and the esoteric and the this and the that and philosophizing and all of that stuff, and, and, and got away from, from the truth. So therefore, the natural me, the natural Mike, could not understand and thought it was foolishness, the deeper spiritual things that I was starting to come in contact with. I would dismiss it as I started coming into contact with it. It wasn't until my encounter with Jesus Christ that I realized that those deep spiritual things that I was hearing was actually truth with a capital T, right? With a capital T. Okay. Okay. But baked that into the scripture. The natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. Neither can he know, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Okay. So the only way that you can know something that's spiritual is for you to be spiritually inclined and driven by the spirit of God. If you are not spiritually inclined, they, those things of God cannot be, cannot be discerned. You simply can't see them. Okay. We are not inclined, or so to speak, our eyes were not inclined, so to speak, to see things in, in, in the infrared spectrum of light. So therefore, we can't know them. We don't see them. We don't realize that anything in the inf- infrared realm, uh, we, we can't see. We don't know that it's there. Simple as that. Okay? Okay? All right? So the things in the infrared realm that we need to see, there are devices and light rays and things like that that can help us to see what is what is in what is in the infrared rectum, uh, infrared spectrum. This is how they look at planets and stars and a whole lot of other things like that. Okay, you can see things that the natural eye does not see. Well, until we come to Jesus Christ, until we come to the Lord, and we have a spiritual reckoning, and Holy Spirit is within us, then those things we cannot discern without having Holy Spirit Spirit in us. Simple as that. That's what, it's, that's what the scripture is saying. The natural man receives not, not the things of the Spirit of God, and that's what's important, that, you, know, you know, these spiritual things, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Because they are spiritually discerned. Amen? Amen? Okay, so if you've got things going on in your life and you want to know what's God's vision, you you know, the answers are going to come from Holy Spirit. And you have to be in a spot that you can receive them and you can hear the broadcast. You know, it's almost like having a radio, for instance, you know, you know, if you're not tuned to, to you know, 106.7, for instance, you're not going to get what's being broadcast on that radio frequency because you're not tuned in. Okay. If we're not tuned in to Holy Spirit and you know how we need to be tuned to Holy Spirit, we have to accept Jesus Christ as Lord. We have to be looking, looking to God and talking to God and welcoming Holy Spirit to, to speak to us. If you're not tuned in, you're simply not going to hear it. So therefore you cannot discern it. You cannot discern it. Okay. And until the point that you get, you get that way where you can discern it, what we're talking about here today could be perceived by you as sheer foolishness. Okay. All right. And, and, and even, even if you are a child of God, even if you are a child of God, you, you have accepted Jesus Christ as a Savior, Lord and Savior, your personal Lord and Savior. And, and, and if what you're hearing now seems as foolishness, then you need to pray. You need to read the scripture. 
Before you start listening to these messages, you need to pray, Lord, open my eyes that I may see and hear. Open my my ears that I may hear and understand what's being said. Because I'm reading to you, I'm saying to you what is written in, in God's word here. Okay, But understanding of God's word can only come to you by Holy Spirit discernment and, and, and understanding. An unbeliever, non-believer can read the Bible inside and out from cover to cover, and they won't understand that one thing that's being said in that Bible. Because Holy Spirit does the revelation. Holy Spirit gives you the discernment. Holy Spirit gives you the ability to understand. Okay? Verse 15 says, But he that is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Amen. Amen. Okay. You see, see, so, so there's a whole lot here for us to be able to understand and to grasp if we simply want to. And God knows that. And he will not open that door for you until you are really ready to receive it. Let's go to Deuteronomy eleven sixteen. Deuteronomy 11, Deuteronomy 11, verse 16. Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Okay, do not be deceived that you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. And then the Lord's wrath be kindled against you and he shut up the heaven and there be no rain and that the Lord, uh, that the land yield not her fruit unless you perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord gives you. Therefore, shall you lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. And you shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. And thou shalt write them upon the doorposts of thine house and thy gates, that your days may be multiplied in the days of your children in the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. For if you shall diligently keep all these commandments, diligently keep all these commandments, which I command you to do them, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and to cleave unto him, then will the Lord drive out all these nations from before you, and you shall possess greater nations and mightier than yourselves. Every place whereon the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours, from the wilderness and Lebanon, from the river, from the river Euphrates, unto the uttermost sea shall be your coast. There shall no man be able to stand before you. No man shall be able to stand before you. No man shall be able to stand before you. For the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that you shall tread upon, as he hath said unto you. Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, and a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods that you have not known. We got to be careful about going after other gods that we have not known. Okay. And those other gods, of course, you know, oh, well, Pastor Mike, you know, I don't worship any little carved uh, idols or anything like that. Yeah, but there are things in our lives that we can worship in terms of the fact that we put them before God. Okay, and those things become gods with a little G. They become gods in our lives if we put them before the God with a capital G, God, our father, God, our creator. Okay, so we got to be careful about that. 
You know, if you get to the point that you you, you take uh, um, advice from your boss or for your from your friend, your mother, your father, your husband, your wife, you take advice or, or, or yeah, yeah, from them before going to God. Then in a way, if you're not careful, you wind up making those people gods, if you will, because you think that their words are more important than God. And you wind up following and doing what they're doing instead of doing what God would want you to do. Amen. So we have to be careful. OK. It then goes on to say in verse 29, it shall come to pass when the Lord thy God has brought thee into in unto the land, whither thou goest to possess it, thou shalt shalt put the blessing upon Mount Gerizim and the curse upon Mount Ebal. Are they not on the other side of Jordan by the way where the sun goeth down in the land of the Canaanites, which dwell in the in the champaign over against Gilgal beside the plain of Morah? For you shall pass over Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you, and you shall possess it and dwell therein. And you shall observe to do all the statutes and judgments which I set before you this day. So God here outlined for Israel here what was exactly what, what needed to be done and that they should be careful. Okay. God speaks to us through his word. We need to make sure that while we're asking to, uh, to, to, uh, to hear from him, and saying that we want to hear from him, we have to make sure that we're following God's word, that we're following his commandments. Okay? If you go to Isaiah 55, Isaiah 55, thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 55, verse number six. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heaven, heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returns not thither, but waters the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. Underline this part, please. It shall not return unto me void. Okay? So shall be my word that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Okay? So you go to God and you're asking God, Lord, I really, really, I want to hear from you. What he says to you and starts telling you about where your life is heading and his vision for you and the things you need to do and so on like that. He's saying that the word that goes forth from my mouth, it won't return unto me void. In other words, it, and it says, it shall accomplish what I please, which I please and shall prosper in the thing where until I send it. So what I'm saying is that what God says to you, says to you about, about, about what you need to do with your life, or this is what's coming down the pike for you. This is what is before you. And this is what, what I am going to set before you. This is how you're going to prosper. This is how you're going to, to be an overcomer. This is how you're no longer going to be, be, be the tail, but you're going to be the head. Okay. And you shall not be the vanquished any longer. You shall be the victor. When God is saying anything, things to you, his word is not going to return to him void. In other words, it's going to happen. What does it say? It shall accomplish that which I please. Okay? So it's going to be accomplished. In, it'll be accomplished in your life, but you have to also make sure, you know, that you, you don't thwart that by, by disobeying God. Okay? See, as powerful as God is, he's omnipotent. As powerful as God is, we can tie his hands in a heartbeat if we choose to disobey and if we choose to not believe, why? Because he says that we have to believe. He says you can't 
please God without faith. Okay? Okay? You see, you see, you see, so, so we have to be in, in accordance with his word. Okay? But God is saying, though, what he says about your life will not return unto him void. Okay? So we have some responsibility, okay? God has prepared the way. God is making the way for us. But we have to also make sure that we are doing what he wants us to do, that we're following his commandments, that we, our heart is right before him. King David in Psalm 40, verse 8 says, it says, oh, my God, I want to do what you want. David was passionate in his declaration that what he wanted most of all was to honor God. He was passionate. Do you want to honor God? Being obedient and following God were not options for David. It was the only thing David wanted to do. He used words for seeking God like, I long for it. He said, I crave it. He said, I hunger for it. And I am like a deer panting for water. This is not a casual desire for God. Okay. Do you, do, do you long for it? Do you crave hearing from God? Do you want to hear from God? Do you hunger for hearing from God? Okay. Do you look forward to your, to your meeting time, quote unquote, with God? Amen. Amen. When you, when you get that determined, this is when you're going to start hearing from God. A lot of people talk to God, but they never hear from God. Right? A lot of folks talk to God, spend many hours talking to God, but then they never hear from him. Okay? A lot of people talk to God, but then they wind up hearing the voice of self, and they think that it's God. Okay? You, can, you can answer yourself back, you know, and you think that it's God, because very rarely, I mean, unless there are some, some mental issues going on there with you, you know, that very rarely will you hear something come back from self that is going to be, be uh, um, derogatory or, or will, will, will be a bad thing. You know, you're not going to talk bad things to, you, to yourself, but you'll hear those good things coming back, and actually it's yourself. It's the, but you're not hearing from God, okay? All right. For them, people like that, prayer is a monologue. It's a one-way discussion. It's a one-way monologue where you're doing all of the talking. Okay. And you're not listening and hearing from God. And you can't have a relationship when it is wrapped up in a monologue from you. You know what it's like to talk, to, 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 to do all the talking to someone? What if a man talks to his wife, but she never talks to him? Or vice versa? That's not a relationship. No relationship can, can exist with, with, with talking going in one direction. You've got to have two-way conversation. Just as important as talking to God in prayer is listening to God and letting him talk to you. Okay? You've got to also listen. How does that happen? First, you've got to want it more than anything else. All right. Deuteronomy 4, 29, 31 says that you have to seek God with all your heart and with all your soul. And then you will find him. This is what God says. The key to hearing God speak and getting his vision for your life is this. God wants to meet with you. He wants to meet with you. But you need to realize that you're not waiting on God. God is waiting on you. Maybe you've put it off too long, saint. Maybe you've put it off too long. God wants to meet with you. He wants to hear from you. He wants to talk to you. He may be waiting on you. God made you to have a relationship with him. He wants you to spend time with him on a daily basis. Okay, on a daily basis. Do you or did you ever have a date night with someone? Okay, I hope because you've been married X number of years that you've done away with date, date, uh, date night with your wife or with your husband. You still should try to have date nights. I know as the kids come along and the kids are growing and things, it becomes more and more challenging. Okay, but yet still you should make a way and try your best to have a, a date night. We need to do the same thing with God. 
Make a date night. Make a date morning with him where you're getting up and you're talking to him in the morning. Okay? Some of the things that we need to do is that we need to make time to be quiet. God is not going to speak to you if there's a bunch of noise going on in your life. You've got to get alone and you've got to get quiet. We call this quiet time. In Matthew 6, 5 to 8, Jesus said, find a quiet time, a secluded place, which he calls a prayer closet, so you won't be tempted to role play before God. We don't want to get with God just to get into a role play thing like you're doing. Okay, this is my part. I'm your child, so I'm going to say all these necessary things. Okay, God, I'm done. Get up, and then you walk away. Okay? In some noisy environment. We have to just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense his presence. Okay, The minute you get away from just thinking about me, 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 my issues, you start thinking about, Lord, I just want to be with you. I just want to talk to you. Lord, let me come into your presence. Oh, Lord, embrace me. Hold me. I have these issues going on. Oh, Lord, my heart is broken. I'm so worried. You know, and and, and just, just let God just let God minister to you and you'll notice his presence. Getting alone in a quiet place is difficult today, as I said. And do you realize how much noise that is going on in your life? Stop and think about that. How much noise is there going on in in your life? Do you have a radio that's going on in the car every time that you get in there and it's not necessarily on a Christian station or, or, or some podcast or one of these messages or whatever? But there's a lot of noise that's going on around us all the time. You know, we constantly have earbuds in our ears, okay? If you go in a waiting room in a doctor's office or whatever, uh, there's music playing or some news or TV going on. I went to take my car in for its uh, um, uh, services, its uh, scheduled service, you know, oil chains and things like that. And, of course, you know, they had a TV going there and so forth. So there's always something going on around us. There's very little time in our lives that are absolutely quiet. And it's hard. It's very hard to find a quiet time. You can find time alone if you're determined, however, make time to be quiet and meet with the Lord. We can make time to do other things, make time to go grocery shopping. You know, you know, if you're dating someone, you make time to call that person that you're dating. Hopefully it continues until you get married too, and you make time to to call and talk to your wife or your husband when you're away at work. Amen. But we, 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 we have a hard time finding quiet time. Seeing God's vision for your life, it's not a crazy thing, you know. God often uses a mental picture to clarify the next step that he wants you to take. You may have and get a mental picture in terms of what things that you God wants you to do. It's not being crazy if you start experiencing that, not at all. Not at all. I mean, this is simply God reaching out to you. You know, I mean, God can reach you in any way that he wants to. He God, he's God, you know. So when all of a sudden you start getting these mental images, you start thinking about, oh, well, man, maybe God wants me to do this and do that. Then you go and you confirm it with God, confirm it with God. Lord, I just believe, I feel, I saw, you know, in my mind's eye, me doing this. And is this of you, Lord? Do you want me to do this? Do you want me to go there? Should I make this call? Should I write this letter? Should I do this? Okay, you get that mental image. You're not crazy. This is the Lord, the Lord um, talking to you. And the Lord working on getting you to the point that, that he's developing you spiritually to, 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 to feel and to see and to hear and to trust things and messages he's giving to you on a spiritual level. So don't think that you're going crazy if you start experiencing that. Ask God a specific question in your quiet time after you've read the Bible and after you've prayed. Maybe you're just being quiet and just waiting before God. Ask him a specific question. You could ask something like, God, is there anything you want to say to me? Okay. Try that. Sit down and say, Lord, is there anything you want uh, to say to me? And then after that, then you wait. 
and then you wait. And then you may want to ask God, is there anything I need to know that I am not thinking about? Okay. Consider the two-way conversation that you're having with the Lord, the Lord God creator of the universe. He's so interested in you, even though he created everything, 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 he is indeed interested in you. And he knows that you're a human being and you, you don't think of every single thing. So ask him, Lord, am I missing something? What do you want to say to me? Anything that I should be thinking about. Okay. In the book of James, James 1, it says, it, it says that we can see uh, what, the word, what the word says about asking. God wants you to ask him for advice. He wants you to be specific and without wavering. He's waiting for you to ask. Okay. As a matter of fact, why don't we go real quickly to James 1, 5. James 1, 5. Thank you, Jesus. James 1, 5. And it says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. You want wisdom? You simply ask God. Let him ask in faith with nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Okay? So when you ask God of something, ask him, ask him in faith. Something you're missing, you want wisdom, you want some guidance or something, let him ask God and he will give it to you. He will answer you. But ask in faith with nothing wavering. We can't be believing God one day or one minute or one five minute period or whatever. And then the next minute you're, you're doubting and you're worrying and, and so forth. Okay, that's a double minded man. And it says that a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. You want to have faith in God, you have faith in God and keep having faith in God. Don't have faith today, but tomorrow don't have any faith. Okay. All right. Oh, I have faith for today. Now, tomorrow, I'm not so sure. Then you're, you're, you're unstable. And it says an un, a, a, a double-minded man then is unstable. And being unstable is something that we don't want to be, especially not in today's age, and especially not where God is concerned. Okay? Look into God's word to see what God might want to say to you. Psalm 119.18 is a verse that you should memorize. It says, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. You don't have to turn there right now, but it's Psalm 119, verse 18. You can write it down and, and refer to it afterwards. But it says, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Okay. It's a good verse to pray as you open up God's word. Every answer to every problem that you have is in the Bible. Okay. Every answer is in the Bible. But you've got to read it. You've got to study it. You've got to memorize it and meditate on it as you seek God's vision for your life. Or you're seeking God's vision even just for the day. Sometimes you have things going on in your life and whatnot, which I'm, I'm Heavenly Father, I'm today. I'm worried about today. I'm thinking about today. Guide me, Lord. What would you have me to do? What would you have me to say? Okay. Ask the Lord, what do I do? As simple as that. What do I do? God is there. He really wants to, you to be obedient to his word, not to your thoughts or, or, or to your wants, but obedient to his, to his word. You've got to realize that what you've heard is not an option. The option is not to follow his direction, but you know the outcome of that. Okay? That's the only other option, not to follow God's direction. And you know where that goes. So we don't want to go in that direction. 
Amen. So again, if you want to hear from God, you've got to really want to hear from God. He'll answer you. He'll guide you. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to be successful. He doesn't want you worried. He doesn't want you stressed out. He doesn't want you in a state of anxiety all of the time. He wants you to be able to go through life and to enjoy the things that he has laid before you and will lay before you. Amen. So remember, ask yourself, do I really want to hear from God? Praise God. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And if it was, pass on the links to, um, to our address. It's www.genesis1.sermon.net www.genesis1.sermon.net. You look at the top of the page, you'll see a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button and you'll be notified automatically when these messages are available. Uh, we're on YouTube, Genesis One Christian Ministries. Uh, we still have Android and Apple apps at their respective uh, uh, stores and so forth, web stores. Uh, and those apps are free, free of charge, free of charge. Getting to us links and everything free of charge. You can download these messages by the by the way, um, the video portion or just the audio only portion. You can download free of charge again, amen. So so pass the word around to a loved one or even someone that may be giving you a hard time. God wants them to to not. God doesn't want them to perish either. So they may need some help, and God may be guiding you to help them by passing on on our information. Amen, amen. Praise God. I, I hope again this message was a blessing. And now let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God, and we pray that as we go through the balance of the day and the week ahead of us, that we shall remember these words, O Lord God, and always have a deep, genuine desire, O Lord God, to to hear from you, to hear your voice, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we know that you are an awesome God, O Lord, and that you have nothing but our best interests at heart, O Lord God, and we thank you for all of those things. We praise you. We magnify thy most glorious name in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Again, go forth and be blessed. And remember always that Jesus is Lord. Here we are. Thank you, Lord. In your presence.